0: Today's episode of the Dragons Y'all Recap Podcast is brought to you by The Two Lives of Sarah from the author of Saving Ruby King comes The Two Lives of Sarah, a story of hope, resilience, and unexpected love as one young mother finds refuge and friendship at a boarding house in Memphis during the 1960s. The Two Lives of Sarah is available wherever books are sold. Thanks for tuning into episode 8 of the Dragons Y'all Recap Podcast Show. This episode is aptly titled The Lord of the Tides. And the way the show goes, Angelica is your moderator, and both Ryan and I are your co-hosts, and we will break down each of the scenes and give you our feedback, our two cents if you will, on what happened in episode 8 to sit back, relax, and enjoy this recap episode of the Dragons Y'all Recap Show. Welcome to yet another episode of the Dragons Y'all Recap Podcast. My name is Jamie and I am here with Angelica and Ryan. Hey, y'all. So we're excited to bring to you episode eight, the Lord of Tides. And wow, there is a battle that is happening. So we're going to dive right into it because this episode was something else. Angelica, take it
1: away. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll take it away. But as always, I like to take a quick look back at last week real quick since we do we doing the Twitters under the hashtag dragons, y'all. Um, so, I think everyone was a big fan of the Vagar scene, uh, Eamon claiming Vagar and the kids jumping him shortly thereafter. <laughs> Twitter was happy to see that. Um, we all went from really feeling sorry for Eamon to kind of hating him. Um, A lot of people, um, book readers specifically, were divided on the Lenore ending because as we stated in the books he dies, he is actually killed by Carl, his lover, under suspicious circumstances, but really no one was there to witness it. So some people were um not quite feeling the twist. they thought it was a little bit too happy for you know the song of ice and fire universe. And some people are even saying, well what you know what's going on with sea smoke because um, people are under the impression that dragons um, are bonded for life to their writers. So who's you know who's gonna? what's gonna to happen to Sea Smoke because he's he's claimed by another writer later in the series um but he but you know Lenor's still alive so my thing is well Lenor abandoned Sea Smoke no so you know who's to say whether or not Sea Smoke knows he's alive and you know maybe another stronger writer reclaim him so we'll see how that pans out um and then of course uh uncle and niece love uh, <laughs> the Targaryen way uh people were i guess like happy but yet disgusted with themselves that damon and renera finally got married so sounds about right so yeah those are the reactions on the twitters um but in regards to this episode titled the lord of Tide," which is the title that the heir of driftmark has um what did you guys think of this episode your first thoughts
2: um, I go 8 out of 10, if I got to give it a number. um, I, It definitely felt like a filler episode, but it was still good. So I, I enjoyed it.
1: Not filler. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because it just felt like,
2: I mean, they're still, they're set, it's, they're setting you up for something, right? So, yeah. you know, you still get to get the background. You know, it's not like you have fighting and, like, battle, punch them out kind of scenes. But it's like, you still get to get the background on the character. So they're they working me up for something for these last two episodes.
1: Gotcha. Jamie?
0: I absolutely love this episode. I just love the way we're, again, we're setting up these moments for what we're going to see with Dance of the Dragons. And going back to the whole Twitter discussion about Laenor and Sea Smoke, I think that maybe Sea Smoke should go to Reyna. Reyna doesn't have a dragon. It just makes sense that she should get Sea Smoke. So I know that there were some fans out there that were saying that that would make sense. Um, but I do understand why people were divided about it. I, I still stand by the fact that I think that that was a great ending, so I'm not upset about it. But if Sea Smoke is going to go any to anybody, let it go to his sister.
1: So, sounds like a plan. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you guys both enjoyed the episode. I liked it as well. It's I think rankings wise, it's like the wedding episode, last week's episode and this week's episode. One, two, three for me. So I, I really enjoy it. So let's let's get into it. So we are at Driftmark. It's been six years. Rhaenys and a teenage Bela, who's played by Bethany Antonia, received news that Corlys has been gravely injured at a battle in the Stepstones. He has blood fever and is likely not to survive. So, knowing that they are, could potentially lose Corlys, uh Vaiman makes his intentions known that he wants to claim the Driftmark Driftmark as um Corlise's brother and closest blood relative. Um, as, you know, and also the fact that Lucyrus is not a true-born Velaryon, Rhaenyra warns him that this is, you know, these words are treasonous, but Vayman insists he speaks the truth. Um, he believes Corley's ambitions has brought calamity after calamity, you know, onto their home. Think about Lena passing. Think about Laenor supposedly passing. And he only cares about the histories, like what history will think of them. You know, Vayman actually cares about the Valerian line. Uh, so right now, because Corlys is away, Rhaenys R- R- is ruling over Driftmark. But if Corlys passes, she can't take over Driftmark. It has to go to the air. Um, so she doesn't openly voice her support for Vaiman and you know she she's kind of with the 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 idea that, that the the claim of Driftmark will pass to the heir um but vaiman's like saying look the the winds have shifted the crown will likely favor me and the king is really is no longer ruling you know i'm told in king's Landing, the the kingdom is ruled by a queen so that only points to allison uh, so i'll stop there for th- that new information
2: yeah, Vaymon, I, I I felt for him because his the Valyrian line is definitely taking a hit because it's a lot of stuff going on right now. You know, Rainey, she's she lost both of her children, or you know, so she so she thinks for both of them, and you know what's going on with Corliss right now. She doesn't know, so a lot of things are up in the air. So Vayman is like, okay, this is my moment now to step up and 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 take lead. But I don't know some some things. I felt like he he was kind of overreaching with, and it was like I think Rainey's in a in a sense. I felt like in that scene she kind of knew like how things should play out, and that he was maybe doing a, going a little bit too hard on some things, you know, because she wanted to still keep Corliss's uh, Corliss wishes because he's not dead. So she still wanted to keep like what he what he wanted to go down and mark to happen. So I I thought it was interesting to kind of see her and and like her brother in law it kind of go at it as far as like what would it like you know what the Valyrians stand for what does this mean for their future because numbers are numbers are dwindling so I I thought that was a um a interesting scene there
0: yeah I mean I feel really bad for Rainie's because I think she's still in her feelings about being the queen who never was and if things were a lot different. She wouldn't even be thinking of siding on the, basically with the, the Targaryens and having them be in line and having Lucera as being considered as the next in line of secession. Uh, because, and, and by the way, having Vaemond stepping in, he's usurping Bela because Bela technically should be next in line. So it's only because Veyman is a man that he's even stepping in and having this conversation. So um, I'm like, dude, you need to know your role. But anyway, (laughs) um, yeah, I I just I think it's unfortunate that Rainey's is, you know, kind of not looking at the bigger picture here. But I understand it. She's just probably frustrated and tired and just kind of has given up and thinking, well, what's the sense in fighting for this? We already know where things are going to stand when it comes to women and being the heirs of succession. So um, I just felt really bad for her in this moment. And by the way, shout out to Bethany Antonia, who plays the teenage Bela, because she was actually on episode 203 of the Black Girl Nerds podcast Ryan interviewed her, um, so if you guys want to go back and listen to that episode, uh, feel free. We we talked to her way back when, and now she's on House of the Dragon, killing it, and we love her. So just wanted to show and give our flowers to Bethany.
1: Awesome. All right. So at Dragonstone, we see Damon 127 houring it <laughs> down a cave wall, um, and he kind of like jumps in and he starts collecting eggs. Uh, it's the latest batch of eggs uh, that that come from Cyrex. Um, when he emerges from the caves, he tells the dragon keepers Cyrex produced three eggs, and he asks them to take them to the heating chambers. The dragon keepers, in turn, give him a message from Bela. Uh, so he reads it. It's obviously not good news. So we're back at the actual castle in Dragonstone, and Rhaenyra is pregnant. She walks into the hall, and we now see an older Jacerys. Uh, Jacerys, excuse me played by uh, Harry Collett. Um, He's learning High Valyrian. He's not very good at it. (laughs) He's stumbling on his pronunciation. You know, he's misinterpreting words and he's frustrated um, because he's stumbling with his fluency. But he believes as the future king, a future Targaryen king at that, that he needs to uphold the customs of his house. Um, And Rhaenyra basically tells him he has plenty of time to learn. And then we also see Joffrey, who's around six years old now, and he's playing with a servant in the corner. So Daemon comes in, uh, he gives the note to Rhaenyra who reads it, and she realizes that it's a warning from Bela about Vaemon's claims to Driftmark. Essentially, it's going to call into question Jace's legitimacy, Luke's legitimacy, Joffrey's legitimacy, and honestly, her claim on the throat. So, you know, they pretty much have to take you know, tell it <laughs> to, to, to King's Landing and make their own petition. Um, they don't know where Rainey stands. They don't believe that she will support Veyman, but they also don't know if she will support them as, you know, she seems to believe that they have something to do with Laenor's death. Um, and we, as a viewer, obviously know they did in the sense that they staged it, but Laenor is safe and sound across the narrow sea with Carl. Um, so, you know, they, they decide to head to King's Landing and we'll see what happens from there. So I'll stop there. I guess if you guys want to touch on the dragon eggs and you know older Jace and just that exchange between Damon and Rainiera, yeah, that
2: Damon jumping in for those those dragon eggs was cool. Cause at first I couldn't figure out what he was doing. I was like, oh my god, what is he like? What's going down now? What's going to happen? Um, but I th- I, th- I always think it's so interesting when they bring in the dragon eggs, like how they find them and then like who they're gonna give into and all that kind of stuff Uh, because we never got that in in, uh, GLT so that it's cool to every time they um they bring that up um I love Renera and Jace I love her like trying to step in like oh you have time to learn Valerian but I also like him being like look I want to learn this I'm supposed to take the I'm supposed to be the heir I'm supposed to take the throne I was like that there goes a future king right there because he was like I don't want to hear that like I can do it later he was like ready to step up and, and get all his stuff in a row and you can just you you can just chat you can tell he got a good head on his shoulders. so i I love seeing jace in that role and and seeing renera um and she just looked like it was like a calmness for her for like a couple minutes however like it it lasts in this episode um you know we get to see her pregnant again and damon walks in i don't know it just looks like a nice however weird you want to put it, it looks like a nice family unit for like peace for like just a little bit so I, I kind of like that like different air about her. I feel like she's always worried about something. And you know, obviously we see that look on her face when she gets the note and she's like, oh hell, here we go again, I gotta go back. So, but you know, like for like five minutes, she looked like she was in peace and they looked like they were happy. So
1: I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that for a little bit. I, I agree with you on that. That seems like a happy home. Um, happy, mm. incestuous home. Uh, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. I don't have much to add to this because there, you know, there wasn't anything that really stuck out to me personally, but I will say for Jace that um, him wanting to learn High Valerian, I feel like maybe, and I don't know, maybe this is a stretch me saying this, that he kind of wants to distance himself from his own heritage and he's really super eager to learn uh, High Valerian because he wants to embrace more of the Targaryen side of him and distance himself from the strong side of him. Uh, so that, that's the sense that I got during that scene. And, um, and yeah, um, and we, we kind of see a little bit more of that play out in, in later scenes in this very episode, but he's still kind of in his feelings about his heritage. So
1: yeah, that makes sense. He's, he's like, I'm not a strong, I'm a Targaryen, which is, you know, what Rhaenyra told him years and years ago when he was a little boy. So that makes sense. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're back at King's Landing. Um, you know, Rhaenyra and company return to the Red Keep. They have a pretty cold reception. No one is actually there to to, to greet them. I mean, they do have a few people that announce them, but like there's no crowd. None of their families there. <laughs> you know, things, times have changed. Um, they even said that the keep has changed. You know, all the Targaryen, all the dragon regalia that's taken down, it's all been replaced by images of the seven-pointed star which is of the Faith of the Seven. Um, and perhaps we're getting to the point where we see more of Alison's um, religious zealotry in the books. She's much more pious. Um, she's almost like a nun in a sense. So I guess as she's getting older now, we're seeing it on the show, she's becoming more in tune with her her faith. Uh, so, you know, they make their way to Viserys' chambers. The, you know, they see his giant Valyrian... Lego set is collecting dust <laughs> he's he's in bed he's gravely Ill, Ill you know half of his face is covered with like a cloth patch his skin is covered in sores his teeth are rotting most of his hair is gone um Rhaenyra greets her father and at first he doesn't really recognize her or Damon, but you know it eventually comes to light who they are Um, and his health seems to trouble both of them. They both seem visually upset. Like you can see on their faces. They're really upset about the series state of health. Um, and so, like, she visits with him, she talks to him, she kind of tells him why she's there. She's there to, you know, petition her stance for Driftmark, you know, as her father. He should also maintain his same stance that he had all these years. But in any case, uh, she ends up introducing them to the children. She has two sons by Damon currently. Um, their names are Aegon and Viserys. Viserys is really touched to know that Rhaenyra named one of her sons after him. Um, and... But then you can see that Viserys' health is really taking a nosedive. He starts to be in a lot of pain. He asks for tea. Damon gives him the tea. He he drinks it and then Damon actually smells the cup to see what's in it. And he realizes it's milk of the poppy. So him and Rainier really exchange concerned looks. Um, it's almost like the equivalent of putting someone on morphine. Like you shouldn't be taking morphine like it's like it's tea. That's that should be a last resort. So they're really concerned about him. Um, so I'll pause there for thoughts on that scene.
2: Yeah, I I going back to like the very beginning, like them being greeted and nobody there. I love how he did the whole full announcement and it was just like one person that walks out the doors and it's just like the the keep feels like everything feels so like dark and kind of um, you know, like do you remember it and everything and kind of like still almost I don't know, it's just it's just like a weird, a weird vibe as they like as they walk through and I just, I want to, like, it would be lovely to know what Patty Consonant feels about this Viserys, because, like, it's like he's hanging on by a thread. I'm like, do they not like him? Because it's just like, he's still just, like, hanging on by, like, whatever he has left. And I'm just, I'm just curious about, like, you know, makeup and behind the scenes sort of things. You know, him him getting to this and, and like, it's just, it's insane. Like, the raps and the milk of Poppy. It's just like, at some point, you like, come on now. It's just like, he's just barely hanging on and Rhaenyra and Damon are trying to talk to him. He's kind of going in and out and yeah I, I would just love to know his thoughts on like having to play this character like to this extent and I don't know Maybe they're trying to show how strong um, In a sense Targaryens can be but yeah, Viserys is just like kicking and fighting, and I'm like bro Come on. I did not think it was gonna last as long But they keep it going and people online are still saying it's leprosy like some form of leprosy that I think Jamie had mentioned before mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, I don't know man. It's, it's a struggle.
0: Yeah, I mean it's definitely a leprosy. It's it's not grayscale. Um, he he's he is struggling. First of all, Patty Considine is is killing this role, and I really hope he gets nominated for an Emmy because this this performance has been absolutely incredible uh, this season. I think that uh, King Viserys is just. I, I feel so badly for him. And by the way, in addition to him. Physically deteriorating he's also dealing with a lot of cognitive dysfunction because they um some folks pointed out online in the last episode that he referred to queen allison as queen emma mm-hmm. which i did not even catch I didn't that because
1: <laughs> yeah
0: i didn't catch that i was like oh so um he's suffering from dementia um so that's really, really sad. And yeah, the, the Maesters are I feel like uh, Allison and the Maesters are kinda, you know Drugging him. <laughs> slowly Yeah, they're 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 slowly
1: trying to, to, to kill him, I think. Oh, but, I don't think and yeah, they're, Oh, I don't think they're trying to kill him. I think they're trying to dull his senses. If you give him a ton of milk of the poppy, it's like you're being high constantly. So he's just I mean that but that milk of the poppy is actually
0: not good. Like there's some really um, detrimental side effects to milk of the poppy so i mean probably killing is a strong word but using it excessively is really bad for 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 your health so i i think by them overdoing it they know what they're doing and and i think that that's not that's not a good thing um but yeah yeah it's uh I, I'm glad that Rhaenyra and Damon is there to at least see what's going on so that maybe they could step in and and maybe, you know, do something, if if anything. Yeah. So
1: Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it turns out. But yeah, it's like giving him just like pure morphine <laughs> every day, all day. Uh, so uh, later we see Allison, you know, she's kind of also changed in appearance. She's a little bit more buttoned up. She's dressed in high tower green with a seven pointed star brooch pinned to her dress. Her hair is pulled back and she's presiding over the small council um, as Lord Lyman Beesbury, who's the master of coin, is just droning on about, you know, the budget. And uh, he's played by Bill uh, Patterson. Um, Allison interrupts them as they, um, you know, she's like, okay, great. I don't, thanks for that really long report. Let's move on to other matters. So they begin to talk about the matter of Driftmark and it's insinuated that Veman has a stronger claim, especially considering, uh, Corley's never actually formally named Luke his heir. Um, but before the conversation goes any further, Allison is advised that Rainier has arrived. So she excuses herself to receive them, um, in route, she is uh intercepted by sir eric cargill who's played by elliot tintinsore he is the brother of sir Arik uh cargill who's played by luke tintinsore they're twins who also happen to be knights and members of the king's guard so that's gonna be confusing because why would you name yourself eric and Arik? like i'm not gonna be able to keep this straight uh (laughs) so so, uh she he advises her that there's an issue in Aegon's chambers. so um, a young servant girl is brought before Queen Allison. Her name, I believe, was like Tiana. And she's brought before her by Talia, who looks like to be Allison's lady in waiting. Um, the girl's crying and trembling and she's at Alan's feet. She's clearly shook up and she basically tells her that she went to serve Aegon, give him drinks, you know, she turned around and he was right in front of her and he, for lack of a better word, he raped her. Um, and I know, you know, everybody gives Allison so much shit about being a cold hearted person and she's evil and she's this and she's that, but she actually shows great kindness to this girl. She gives her a hug as she cries in her arms. Arms. You know, she tells her, you know, I believe you. I don't think it was your fault. Um, I don't think you tried to entice him, but it doesn't really matter what I think. You know, I imagine what other people think. Um, this could really kind of besmirch the, the the prince's name. And she's asked her, does anyone else see them? And she says no. And she was like, did you tell anyone else? And the girl's like, well, I didn't tell anyone else. And she's like, well, you just told me, you told Talia, you told Sir Eric. Um, but in any case, I don't think you have bad intentions. So she gives the girl a bag of gold and, you know, she says it's for her troubles. And then Talia brings in a cup of moon tea. So the girl takes the tea, cries. Um, and you know, I, I respect Allison for, for the way she handled that. Cause I thought she was going to like snuff that girl out. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm glad she kind of helped her. Uh, so she ends up going into Aegon's room, demanding to know what happened. Aegon's older now. He's played by Tom Glenn Carney. He's half asleep. He just ends up saying it was a bit of fun. She's disgusted. She slaps him. You know, she tells him his behavior is out of line. He's shaming their house. And what about his wife? Um, and Aegon's like, look, I never wanted the crown. You know, I've done everything you and dad told me to do and it's never enough. So Hel- Helena, his sister wife ends up coming in she's now played by Phyllis Saban and she enters asking for Tiana the serving girl um, as she usually dresses the children and Allison doesn't say much she just walks over and hugs her daughter so I'll stop there for your thoughts on those interesting scenes
2: um okay so Allison's response um, I guess to Tiana, Tiana was, was appropriate you know she didn't totally like you know try to have her killed act like it didn't happen But this whole scene pissed me off with Aegon because I was just like, I can't stand this. I can't stand this guy anymore. It's just, it's absolutely crazy to me. Um, And you know, it's not all on Allison, You know, Viserys had a role in this too, like the, the, you know, having those role models, having somebody that can put you in check, so to speak. But it's just the fact that she's ready with like, she got the plan B like potion over here, tea over here. She got the money ready. It's just the fact that this is a a continuous behavior for Aegon. You know, just doesn't sit right with me, and I know that she may. And you know, at this point, she probably doesn't have any control over him by by now. And like, you know, um, you know, he's drinking. He doesn't really care. He doesn't want the crown. He's being forced into something else. So, you know, maybe not much Alice herself can do at this point. But yeah, that whole that whole situation was just like it's out of control. I was like, she she probably won't. But it's like that. That's one of those moments was like you need to get control over your kids. Like it was just it's an un- yeah he to me he was the most aggravating character in this episode to me because i was just like i can't i can't take him anymore and i just thought that was just so like he's just raping the women in the house and yeah yeah i had a i had a huge problem with Aegon. it's like it doesn't get better so but i don't think allison like the way she the her the way her mind thinks and it's very political i don't think she's in a, in a mother sense i don't think she's got much she can do about it besides what she did for tiana like just giving her the money and you know trying to keep it a secret and hush hush and and she, you know she has a goal about her business but yeah I was I'm not a fan of these these kids at all like they just yeah I'm gonna leave it at that because I know we got more to go on them but yeah I was just not a fan
1: okay Jamie is
2: it Tiana
0: or Deanna because I got oh, um Deanna? Deanna I got yeah I got I got Deanna when she... Because it did sound like a T when the girl said her name, Mm -hmm. but then when Allison said her name in a later scene, it sounded like Okay. so... Well, she's, um, she she only
1: see her in that one scene. So the servant girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I just I just wanted to make that clear because it it sounded like a D. But anyway, um, so I, I I was not here for Allison in this scene. I'm not giving her any credit for that, and not because I'm a hater of Allison. Well, I am a hater of Allison, but really, seriously, I think Allison was the absolute worst in this moment, and I'll tell you why. The part where she said that. It's going to look like the public will not believe you was like gaslighting 101. And I hated that moment for uh, not only for Deanna, but like Allison just manipulating the situation. Because this girl was pouring her heart out and confessing what happened. And then she's making her sound as if she wouldn't be believed by the public. And she's planting that seed in her to think that which is a form of gaslighting. So I was just like this woman is so conniving and I'm not going to give her credit for that. Yeah, she gave her the plan B tea, you know, the moon tea. Of course she's going to do that. She's covering up her son's mistakes. Um which I don't even want to call it a mistake. I mean this man raped this girl. Uh but you know she's covering up his tracks. And that's what she continues to do. And she's just been a bad mother since the start because that first scene where we saw him jacking off in the window, she didn't even punish him in that moment. Like the first instinct as a mother is, what is wrong with you? What are you doing? Like public indecency, right? What, what That is the thing. That was the reaction I would have as a mom. But no, she's talking about you know, you're supposed to be the king and you need to think about the realm and like she her mind is so focused on this. She doesn't know how to be a mother. So, no, she's a terrible person and um I have just absolutely no respect for her and it makes it kind of makes sense why her kids are the way that they are because they really don't have a mother. They really don't have parents. And Viserys is basically, you know, he's not even really a father to them. He's an absentee dad. So it, it, if you think about it in the grand scheme of things, it, it kind of makes sense why they act out and they're so rebellious and why they're such badass kids.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, le- later we see Allison. Um, she greets Rhaenyra and Damon in Viserys' chambers. You know, she says she's happy to see them. And then I actually really love this moment. She looks and she sees the scar she left behind on Rhaenyra's arm. Um, and Damon, of course, being Damon ask her why no one was there to receive them. And Rhaenyra says, Oh, you know, she's busy ruling the kingdom. You can't really blame her for that. Allison's like, I don't rule, you know, I carry out the king's wishes. And Damon's like, well, how is that? You know, how are you carrying out his wishes when he's barely coherent? Um, You're, you, you're basically drugging him with milk of the poppy. And she's like, you know, the king's condition has worsened. And they're like, <laughs> worsen? And the maesters are insisting on prescribing him the milk of the poppy to ease his constant pain. If he doesn't take it, you know, he's just he's just a mess. Um, and then Damon takes issue with the changes to the castle, you know, replacing the Targaryen sigils with the seven-pointed star and Allison just reminds him that the gods it helps them it helps them to be reminded of the gods and how you know they'll help them guide their path on and you excuse me guide their proper path and wisdom uh which will also help in the decision that they're going to make tomorrow Samira so is like are you going to decide on who's going to be you know who's going to inherit drift mark and she says yes <laughs> and i'm and thank the gods i'm going to excuse your behavior in this chamber and she can't and she leaves um so later we see Jace and Luke, and they're in the training yard. They're kind of reminiscent of their time in King's Landing. And Luke notices that everyone is staring at them, and Jace basically tells him to brush it off. Um, but Luke can't help thinking if he looked more like Laenor instead of Sir Harwin, maybe they wouldn't have all these issues. And Jace tells him, like, it really doesn't matter. Um, so they end up seeing Eamon, who's uh, now played by Ewan Mitchell. And Eamon is giving me, like... Young Damon 2.0 vibes. <laughs> he just looks a lot like Damon. Um, he's sparring with Sir Kristen. Um, Kristen uses a Morning Star while Amy uses a sword. He's a pretty skilled fighter and he actually beats Kristen, who tells him that, you know, you're going to be winning tourneys soon enough. And Damon's like, I don't give a crap about tourneys. And then he asks his nephews, he finally notices them. He's like, right, you know, have they returned to train? They're actually interrupted by a procession um, led by Vaiman Valarian, who's coming into the keep. So Veyman ends up having an entire, like, secret meeting with v- Allison and Otto to discuss the matter of Driftmark. Otto suggests that they do what is best for the people, regardless of who is heir or not. Um, you know, they're back at war, and they would rather have Vaiman as a head of the Navy than a child. Um, and Veyman basically tells Allison that the new Lord of Tides will will. Forever being her debt if she kind of goes with him on this one, um, so I'll stop there for your thoughts.
2: Um, I definitely love Renaria and Damon like still reeling to Allison like because she was trying to wiggle her way out of stuff and say a little bit here and there, and it's like they're not stupid; they know what's going on. Um, so and I love their their combination of partnership back and forth. Like sometimes Renaria was like, "Okay, well let me take this from Damon because he about to go left with it," and they came back. So I love that that scene of them kind of going back and forth. Um uh, Eamon, yeah, he, he, he did, he was looking a little gangster there, like, he's still kind of turning up, it was a whole new side of him, different, like, you know, different change actor that we get to see playing him, so, um, I thought that was interesting, yeah, I don't know, I don't know if he, I guess he could be a little off, like, crazy, like, Damon, I don't know if he necessarily gives me, like, direct Damon vibes, um, but he definitely, he definitely gave us, like, he definitely kind of changed the tone when he entered the scene. So I definitely thought that was interesting. And then the first time he was like, so nephews, you guys came here to train? Like, I think that, that word of, like, nephews, like, you forget sometimes because of, like, the way they treated him back in the day, like, all the jumping and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that that kind of, that interaction was was interesting. And then, yeah, like, Vamon, Allison, Otto. I feel like Otto, like, he, he tried to act like he had all these kind of plans, right? Like, before... Um, and he kind of just like sitting back and it's like, Allison is is having to put the key players in position. I'm like, so bro, what were you talking about? Like way back in the day, like what's your grand plan of everything going down? You know, cause right now your daughter's trying to move her little pieces and try to figure this out. So I'm, I'm not understanding his like, you know, where he's he stepping in and think he's going to help or what he thinks he has control over anymore. So it was just kind of interesting to kind of see all three of them playing in the scene, and yeah, Damon, I mean, I feel for the brother because you know the Valerians are struggling right now, but I think he's I think he's stepping in it. But you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. I admire him like going in because him and Cordless they don't they don't pull back punches. Like what they feel is what they feel.
0: So mm-hmm. I admire him for that. All right, Jamie. I don't have a lot to add here because there wasn't really some there wasn't really anything significant that happened in this. But I will say to uh, your point, Angelica, that the actor Ewan Mitchell looks a hell of a lot like Matt Smith, <laughs> and I almost want to know if they did that casting on purpose because. Aemon and Damon do have a bit of a tempestuous relationship that does play out in Dance of the Dragons. So maybe uh that was purposeful having them look alike and they do have very similar personalities. Mm-hmm. So I I I I think that that casting is interesting and and yes, I I wonder if it was intentional to have an actor look exactly like Matt Smith.
1: Because I'm like, okay, you look Matt Smith Jr. Right, Matt Smith Jr. So, that was my note. I, I was Jr. like Damon Jr. <laughs> over here. Yeah, yeah. That That was
0: in my recap too. I'm like, he looks a lot like Matt Smith, that actor. So that that's really all I wanted to add is like I, I'm curious to know if that was intentional because the those two characters play a, a significant role later on down the road.
1: All right. So um we see Rainey, she's standing in front of the Werewood at the Godswood, and she's greeted by Rhaenyra and an older Rhaena uh Raina, who's played by Phoebe Campbell. And it's like Raina, Rainey's Rhaenyra. Um <laughs> is happy to see her granddaughter. Uh, it seems like uh Bela is is uh Rainey's ward and uh, Reyna has stayed behind with Daemon at Dragonstone so you know obviously she hasn't seen her granddaughter in years um, and then you know Rhaenyra asked to speak with um, Rhaenys privately and she basically asked you know asked her to reassert Corlys's original claim uh, of having it pa- having Driftmark passed to Luciris who by the way is played by Elliot Greholt now and she asked for Rhaenyra's support you know she knows Rainey's probably is going to petition for herself. Um, But she also knows that, you know, that could be the case because she believes they're responsible for Laenor's death. So she swears, like, I had nothing to do with his death. I really did truly love your son. Um, So she proposes a solution to kind of help both parties. Jace and Luke are to wed Bela and Reyna. In turn, Bela becomes the queen of the Seven Kingdoms. Reyna becomes Lady of Driftmark. And she also can continue the Valerian line with Luke. Um, Rhaeny admits it's a generous offer but she also says it's kind of a desperate proposal and she turns Rhaenyra down she's like you know you kind of sweetening the pot with marrying off your sons and you bring my granddaughter here to soften me up that's not going to work uh, and she kind of leaves Rainera in the godswood with the you know the rain coming down on her <laughs> kind of a sad moment for Rhaenyra her plan didn't work out so I'll stop there I mean that's that's kind of an interesting proposal I would say uh, so your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, it's always going to be weird because they just had a Targaryen's
2: role. But I like that proposal. I mean, I don't really see, like, where else they're going to go. Like, you bring more players in. It's more complicated, more messiness. So, um, you know, I was here for a proposal, although it got super awkward for her when it was like, um, so you want me to forget about what you did to my son, but technically your son is not dead. So right. I felt for Renee in that moment because, like, you can't really say anything. Right. So, you know, it was like, you know, Ray again, Ray versus Ray. I love their scenes. I love their scenes. Anytime they get to be in the scene together. Um, and Eve Bess is like playing this so wonderfully um, throughout this. Cause you know, she's hurt as a mother and she's still having to deal with all the craziness that's going on around her. And so I, I like it. She don't let them see her sweat too much, which I, I
0: appreciate that. Yeah. Jamie. Yeah i i don't have a lot to add i think this scene was great and i think that uh rainier's proposal is perfect it's a shame that Raina wants to turn it down but uh, uh, rainies. uh rainies <laughs> rather wants to turn it down i know so many rays <laughs> but uh it goes back to what i was saying earlier that rainies is still kind of in her feelings with everything that's going down plus she's uh, you know she's understandably upset at the moment I mean two of her kids just died so she's and and her Mm -hmm. husband right now is gravely ill so she's she's not in the best place at the moment and she's also probably still harboring some some feelings about the the decisions that Rhaenyra has made so she's just not in the best place to to be making some really tough decisions so I can understand why she isn't quick to agree to this proposal.
1: Agreed. Um, So that night, you know, she's feeling desperate. Veneera, Veneera, (laughs) Veneera visits Viserys in his chambers, and she begs him to support her openly. He's not really coherent. You know, he's still pretty drugged up. And so she kind of weeps. She's so frustrated. Um, The following morning, Viserys is attended by Grand Maester Orwell, who's played by Kurt edgy one. I'm sorry if I butcher your name. Um, Viserys tells Otto that he, you know, since his entire family is back home, he wants to have dinner for them all. So Otto agrees to this. Uh, so, you know, at this point, Viserys is ready to go. Um, I'm sorry, not Viserys. Everyone, <laughs> Alicent, who's in place for Viserys and Otto are ready to go. Everyone's in the throne room. All sides are there, all three parties, the Valerians, the Targaryens, and Rhaenys and her own claim. Um, Otto is sitting on the throne to hear, uh, the Driftmark petitions. Veyman goes first. He's citing he's a trueborn Valyrian. You know, he's the most worthy of Driftmark. Rhaenyra interrupts him and in noting that her children are also trueborn children of Laenar Valyrian. Allison tells her not to interrupt you know wait your turn allow Veyman to speak Veyman basically says like you wouldn't know Valerian blood if it kicked you in the face I could cut my you know I could cut my veins right now and show it to you you wouldn't know that it was Valerian blood um and he basically huh. reas- I'm, I'm sorry go ahead I heard feedback i was getting into the scene there oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> okay alright let me re- re- reassess um so yeah so he advises basically he's the most seasoned person here you know he's the closest blood relatives He he, he already commands the Navy, you know, take a chance on me. <laughs> he ends, you know, he ends his speech. So now it's Rhaenyra's turn. So Otto calls her up and she basically calls the whole thing a farce. Um, but before she can even start to kind of plea her case, Viserys enters the throne room. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a moving scene. The music is it's, is kind of like triumphant. And as he's making his struggle walk to the throne... Um, You know, he's walking with a cane. His face is covered, half of it with a golden mask to cover up his scars. Um, Everyone's kind of shocked to see him there. He's probably haven't been out of bed in so long. So he tells Otto, you know, I feel like in this moment, Viserys gets some of his oomph back and he tells Otto, I'm going to sit on the throne. So he tries to climb the steps to the throne. And good thing on this show it's only a couple steps. In the book, it's like a good, like, 20 30 steps up there so he's climbing up the steps and he's stumbling he says no and the king's guard try to help him he keeps he keeps climbing he, he you know his crown comes off he ends up getting helped by Damon who walks him up to the throne he crowns his brother and i thought that was pretty significant that that's that moment um and he kind of he's seated finally and he he actually is like confused he's like why are you guys you know, contesting this matter when it's already been established. You know, at this point, since we're here, Rhaenys is the only person that could speak on Corlys's behalf. So Rainey steps forwards and she surprises Rhaenyra and states Corley wished for Luke to inherit Driftmark and she announces Daemon's daughters, Rhaena and Bela, will marry Rhaenyra's sons, effectively aligning them with the Blacks. So Viserys is very pleased and he, he declares the matter settled. So obviously, Vayman isn't having it. He's pissed off. He says he will not allow it. You know, you can decide what you want with with your kingdom. You're not going to decide what you're going to do with my house. He looks at Luke and he says, you know, you're no nephew of mine. And he's like, you're a bu-. He starts to say the word. You know, Damon, Damon don't play. Damon was like, say it, say it, say it. So Veyman's like, they're bastards and she's a whore. So, I mean, <laughs> that's treason right there. Viserys gets so upset, he pulls out his dagger and was like, I'll have your tongue for this. Well, Damon was on top of that. Mm. He slices off the top of Aemon's head <laughs> and you, his, ston- his tongue is still attached. He was like, you know, he, could, he, could, he can keep his tongue. Um, and everyone is like, oh my gosh, they're completely shocked. And Viserys ends up collapsing in pain and Alicent begs him to take something for it. And he's like, I don't want to dull my mind. Um, he needs to make things right. So I'll stop there. That was, that was a doozy of a scene.
2: Yeah. Woo. That was like, okay, so three, I'll just go like three characters that, uh, that stood out for me. Viserys, obviously like Viserys, when he was asking for, he was talking to Otto, asking for the family to get back to him. That scene was so painful to me to see him like being worked on. And they were trying to put, I don't know. It was a lot. It was a lot. And I was just like, oh God, Viserys. Like I just, it just looked so painful. I was like cringing the whole time. But you know, I guess it was good to kind of see him finally have like a clear mind. Cause we know that the, the milk of the poppy had him like, like just going all like warped out high where he couldn't really focus on what was going on. So that, that was good to see that. And I felt, I kind of felt like Rhaenyra had a little bit to do with that. Like I thought that was that moment of her kind of going and, and, and sitting and kind of like, look, I need your help. You know, and, and they haven't had that moment for a while. So I, I thought that was like a, a sweet moment that I felt like kind of gave him a little push. And then, like, stand with Viserys, I know, like, maybe the walk seemed, lo- but the walk was, like, like, I know it seemed shorter, maybe, um, compared to this. But to me, it felt so long, because I just, I just thought he was going to pass out. I was like, dude, like, can we get a chair, like, something, like, lift him up to the, and then I was like, he got to sit on all that sharp, pointy stuff on the throne. So, it it just felt, man, it just felt like the... Long, like, I was just in such pain for Viserys, like, this whole scene. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I was ready for him to, like, have his moment where he could, like, step up and do something. Like, say something, because everything's out of control. So, I'm glad he made it to the throne. I'm glad Damon stepped up and helped him up. And then, like, my last little thing I want to touch on with Damon who that sword cut. When I, I stood up, I was like, oh, my... Like, you know he doesn't play about Renera, but it was just, like... The way it was shot and it was so quick and I was just like man when you forget you're in this world where like people just like drop at a drop like you just snap your fingers and they just drop and it's just like the way they just go about like how they dole out punishment and you know Damon is about his own like he was like you ain't coming at Raniere like that he was like I told you he was like I told you say it he was like he was already he was already betting them um, but, and then I just got to say, though, the black people, like, the black people dropping. I just got to point that out. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, come on now. What's going on? Like, after, after my day, I thought we had enough for the numbers of the black people dropping down. But, uh, yeah, I just had to put that one out there because I was a little bit like, man, we kind of losing some of the black
1: people on the show. But. Yeah, well, Veyman Vayman, Vayman well, was talking crazy and Dark Sister took yeah, care he of it. Yeah,
2: he did. Yeah, he was. He was out of pocket. He was out of pocket. So, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> uh,
1: Jamie, I'll, I'll pass it to you.
0: Well, at least the show didn't go according to the book with, as far as, you know, you mentioned the black people are dropping because in the book, uh, Viserys actually has, uh, Bayman's kids killed as well. Oh, wow. So oh, yeah, been well, been okay, more black yeah, folks. Yeah, no, well, none of that. Okay. I'm <laughs> oh, good, good. Yeah. They, he, he had, well, I wouldn't say killed. I think he had their tongues cut out, if Ooh, I'm not mistaken. Geez. Um... So, yeah, more more Valarian executions or um mutilations uh were were happening in the book. But uh this scene was intense. I agree with you, Ryan. That walk seemed long. That walk seemed long and it and it also was just really difficult to watch, but I did like that moment with Damon helping the series and it felt like a full circle moment from Episode One, where these two brothers had this tempestuous relationship, and they didn't seem like they were getting along. And now we sort of have this moment where, you know, we see this redemptive arc between the two of them. He's kind of helping his brother in his final days, and it's it you know it's it's a little emotional. Yeah. It, it was a little emotional. Him putting putting his crown on and helping him get on the throne there it was very poetic yeah so um i i I liked seeing that and look veyman got what he deserved i mean you know i I was here for the brother i was here for the brother but first of all i i'm still looking at veyman sideways for trying to take over baylor's uh secession as heir, because baylor really should be the heir to driftmark but also, Veyman, you didn't have to call Renera a whore. <laughs> that was taking like, it too far. You didn't have to do all that. Yeah, like okay, they're <laughs> bastards. That that's a fact. Oh, but yeah. you ain't got to call her all of that. Like <laughs> that that was a little much. And she's the princess. Like Rude. you, you got to know your place, bruh! So yeah, that he, he had it coming. I, I, I hate to say it, so um damon damon did what he did and viserys even in his still sitting on the throne still trying to assert his power as king he's still weak because he's like i will have your tongue for this and he still didn't assert his power because he didn't do anything he couldn't he He was all the way up there (laughs) he could barely walk at least
1: he pulled out the (laughs) dagger
0: Here's the thing, though, because people were coming at me on Twitter about uh, the the episode, what, the last episode, yeah. where um, uh, Queen Alicent had slashed Renera's wrist, and King Viserys didn't do anything about it. And I was like, he can do something about it. He has Kingsmen next to him. He has the Kingsguard. He can have them do something and actually have, you know, Queen Alicent apprehended, you know, something like he doesn't have to physically intervene. He can command his Kingsguard to intervene. That's the whole point. So I I just it just frustrates me that the series is such a welcome that. Um but yeah, that's that's really all I have to say on this this moment. It was it was actually one of the, the best scenes in the whole episode, I think. Yeah. A
1: very triumphant moment and um you know, that Valerian still is whew it's sharp um you know Damon pulled out or be I mean, Damon Damon pulled out dark sister and took care of Damon sliced him uh so we actually not only are we treated to you know his body uh, being laid out in a throne room. Then we get treated oh. to a scene of his body being prepared for burial by the Silent Sisters. Um, Rainey's is kind of watching over all of us. And uh, she could, I mean, that's another family member. I'm, I'm sure she was close to Vaemon, despite the differences at the end. Um, and Grandmaster or- Orwell tells her it's ill luck to look upon the face of death. And Rainey says she's been visited by the stranger more times than she can count. It doesn't care about whether her eyes are open or closed um so later we see Viserys is actually carried so (laughs) they're not letting him walk anymore he's carried into the hall where the Targaryen the Velaryon family are gathered for supper um Alicent says a prayer over the meal and she also wishes you know the gods give Vaiman rest Viserys then announces they have cause for celebration you know Raina and Bela are going to be married to his grandsons you know Luke has been officially named heir uh, to the lord of tides um I actually really like this dinner scene. Aegon is taunting Jace, you know, telling him he's finally going to be able to be to bet a woman, and he asks him, does he know how to do it? And Jace is, like, getting irritated, but Bela tells him to relax. You know, she's being, like, a good en- fiancé. Um, and Aegon just continues to egg him on. He was like, you know, do you even know where to put it? And Jace tells him, you know, like, you know what, you can continue to be a jester, but you're going to watch your tongue around my betrothed. And I was like, yes, Jace, honorable young man. Um, series gets up and gives, a, a, essentially gives a toast. He says his heart is glad, gladdened, but it's also very saddened at the sight of seeing his family at this table. But knowing that they've all grown distant from each other over the years, he takes off his mask and we see that he's missing a whole eye <laughs> and the side of his face is scarred. But he wants his family to see him as he is, not just the king, but their father, their brother, husband, grandfather, you know, a man that may not live much longer. He asked him to kind of let go of the past as the house of the dragon cannot remain divided. And he wants them to set aside their differences, if not for the sake of the crown, but for the sake of this old man that loves you guys so much. So Rhaenyra kind of takes her father's words and she gets up and she makes a toast to Allison for remaining loyal to her father, tending to him with unfailing devotion, love and honor and she says like I'm grateful for you and I give you my apologies. Allison is moved by Rhaenyra's words and she said that they're both mothers that love their children. They have more in common that they allow and she raises her cup to her and says that she will be a fine queen. So this is the first time that Allison is actually signing off on the fact that Rhaenyra is heir and queen Uh, everyone raises their cups to Rhaenyra and they drink Aegon being the douche that he is walks over to Bela to pour himself another glass and offers himself up because she's going to be disappointed in the future by Mary and Jace Jace bangs the table in anger And Aemon actually stands up. Jace kind of composes himself, and he gives a toast to Aegon and Aemon. He says, you know, they had fond memories as children, and he hopes as men they can become friends and allies. Um, He toasts to their family, to their health, and Aegon begrudgingly toasts, you know, the same for them in return. Eamon does sit down at this point I don't know what he was trying to do but he sits down and then Helena starts muttering to herself and I had my volume other all the way up I didn't catch exactly <laughs> what she said but I believe she said beware the beast beneath the bones I, I don't know Jamie Ryan did you catch what she said at all no okay no I should have had that we need subtitles for her she be, yeah she be, she we be need close quick we need closed captioning, close captioning. Yeah, closed captioning yeah closed caption. yeah uh, I don't know yeah yeah, but then she... And so maybe... Well, I guess we'll see what that ends up being. But she does give a toast to Bela and Reyna because they're going to get married soon. And she's so she's so quirky. She says marriage isn't so bad. You know, mostly he just ignores you unless he's drunk. And I was like, poor girl. Uh, so uh-huh. Viserys asks for music to be played, and Jace gets up to dance with Helena. Viserys, you know, can tell he's content watching his family laugh. Otto's even being kind of silly. They're all laughing and drinking and eating. And Viserys, he's really moved by this, but soon the pain takes over his body and he's led back to his chambers by the guards. We then see a pig get brought out and it's set before Eamon and Luke starts to laugh. And if you remember correctly, uh, the the pig was an ongoing joke among them as far as Eamon wanted to have his own dragon. And I I did make a mistake the last recap. I said uh, Jace was the one that slashed um. Amen, but it was actually Luke. um So this kind of pisses Amen off. He stands up and he gives a final toast to the help of his nephews, calling each of them handsome, wise, and strong, which, you know, any other time would have been a compliment, but not when it comes to the fact that these boys are actually, you know, the children of Harwin Strong. Allison tells him to stop and he proceeds to call them three strong boys. And Jace tells him to stop. And Amen says, like I'm just giving you a compliment. And so they end up fighting. Aegon grabs Luke and slams his head on the table to keep him from interfering with his brother. Alicent, you know, gets the guards to stop and th- she sends them all to bed and Rhaenyra sends her sons to bed and she tells Allison, I think it's best that we leave. And she's like, but you just got here. So you can see they're already kind of like making up again. So she ends up telling Alicent she's going to return the children back home and then she'll come back on Dragonback. And there's also a small moment while all this was happening with Eamon that it looked like Damon was like low-key impressed <laughs> by what Eamon did. Like, he's like, okay, young me, young 2.0. Um, so I'm going to wrap up these last couple scenes and I'll give you uh, the floor for your final thoughts. So... Talia arrives at Maseria's home. And if you remember Talia, uh, Maseria, she was, she used to be a prostitute that Damon slept with. And then she kind of became kind of a master of whispers. Um, so Talia apparently is in her service. So she arrives at her home and tells, and uh, Masaria asks her, you know, oh, I, I feel that much has gone on at the, ca- at the castle tonight. And she says it did. So that young woman that was working for Allison is also working for Masaria. Um, we then see Allison attending to Viserys, who's still in great pain. Um, he tells her about Aegon's dream, and she keeps saying, like, Aegon, our son. And, you know, he's just like, no, 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 no. The the, the prince that was promised, the Song of Ice and Fire, you know, the, the prince that will bring the kingdom together. He tells Allison that's her, and she must do this for him. And, you know, she will be the one to, to unite the realm against the cold and the darkness, Allison says she understands and she leaves. And then we see Viserys start to like, you see his body kind of give out, like this pain sweeps over him and he keeps saying no more, no more. And then finally we hear him become quiet and he reaches out his hand as if he's reaching out to touch someone. He says, my love. And I assume that that's Ama that he's talking to and he takes his last breath. And that is the end of the episode. So I'll turn it over to you for your final thoughts on the you know the supper the you know all the toasts that were done all the things that Eamon said and the, the last few scenes of Masarya and series passing. Um
2: yeah I just I go back I guess I'll just start from the top. Uh, Aegon can have several seats nobody asked him. Um <laughs> but I do like how uh how uh Jason and Luke kind of handled them because you could definitely basically what I loved about the dinner scene was you for, with the kids you could tell the kids that had the right head on their shoulders had some you know, parents had parents around in a certain way that were raised a certain way. And then you tell the other ones that just want to be like bad as hell and do what they want to do. Um, and Amen got to let that, like, I, I know he was jumping and everything, but he got to let that pig thing go. Like when they when they brought out the pig, I died too. Cause I was like, no, he is not still holding on to this. So it's like, he just gotta, you know, he got to step past all that. Cause they got a lot of stuff that they just holding in and don't know how to express. And it's just tearing, it's just tearing up tearing them apart like where the blacks are just looking real good now like they said real pretty like they got to figure it out so i don't know what's going down with with allison and the cheering and uh helena is trying to tell secrets but we got to put the closed captioned on so she knows <laughs> some things is going down but i think she's the only she's the only one of them that i can stand and that and you know and she seems like sometimes you don't really know like what's going on with her and and you feel bad for her because the situation she's caught up in and with this family and so it's, it's going to be interesting like how her character develops and I thought, um, when, when we had the scene where um Damon kind of stepped in, like after um when it was like uh, Amon, uh fighting with the brothers, uh, fighting with Jason, Luke there a little bit. Um, I kind of thought I kind of maybe maybe I guess he was kind of peeping his, his his vibe a little bit, like I know where you coming from. And also it was like, okay, enough is enough. Like she's sending them to the chambers. You better stop because I already read like where you coming from. And Eamon kind of shut it down and took off. So. I thought that was like a little interesting vibe between them, um, like both you ladies have been saying throughout the episode, so. Something, something interesting about him being able to check him, because obviously Allison nobody else was gonna be able to do it. And Damon was like, yeah, that's a no, that's a no. You need to go on about your business. So I, I thought that was interesting. Um, and then, um, yeah, uh, Masaria, love seeing her back. I was wondering what happened to her. I was wondering what was going down with all the secrets, what she got cooking up. So she still got the little boss vibes. I'm real curious to see what's gonna, what's gonna happen with that character. And um, lastly, yeah, just uh, Viserys, Like he 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 fought the good fought the good fight there. He was looking painful, and and he pulled it through. Like at least he kind of got his family. Like five minutes, we always get five minutes apiece. He kind of <laughs> got his family to come back for a little bit, which I thought was such a was a moment for him. Like I think he needed that moment. He wasn't much of a king, but he really loved. He did really love his family, and you know all the time he kept trying to say, well, guys, just come together, let's talk, we're family. So he got like five minutes of that. So I'm glad he got a little something before he before he left. But I didn't know what I couldn't make out what he was saying at the at the end, Angelica. So I'm glad you pointed that out. So that makes me even more sad. But he was just like holding on by a thread. So hopefully he gets hopefully it's peace now. Cause yeah, he was the struggle was real. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah.
0: Jamie pour it out for Viserys. Pour
1: it out for Viserys. <laughs>
0: Word out for Viserys. Uh, I'm just going to skip down to that last scene because, I mean, the, the back and forth between the kids, that's just something that we're going to be seeing and talking about in more episodes. But I was really concerned about, because um, we talked about in previous episodes about the pacing, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow, we're, we're here already? Because I'm almost kind of in denial that he's dead because we're not, I'm not sure if th- this is it yet. But maybe so he breathes his last breath. I don't know. Because, like, you know, in the book, like, she's in, you know, is at Dragonstone, and she gives birth, and then he passes. So she's still in the early part of her pregnancy in this timeline. Like, that's something we didn't bring up in this episode. is pregnant.
1: Um, Oh, yeah, I brought it up earlier, way way back. Oh, okay, okay, sorry.
0: (laughs) Um, But, like, she's early in her pregnancy. She's not, like, nine months. So she actually gave birth, and after giving birth is um, is when Viserys passed away. So I think they're, like, doing a bit of a time jump here that's a little jarring for me. So I just didn't expect it to happen so quick because, as we all know... Once Viserys passes, that's when everything kicks off for Dance of the Dragons. So I, I I'm just like, I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> I'm just like, well, we
1: only, like let's let's, have, let's let this thing cook. We only have two. I feel like this season is just the preamble to the dance. Like the dance, the actual war. The boys are older; they're men at that point. I feel like we're still going to have a little bit of build up for the last two episodes, and then season two is the actual like the big dance. Um, so
0: I, yeah, I was just, I was thinking the, the dance was actually going to start at the beginning of season two, Yeah, like starting with the death of the uh, series no. in season two. Like we would see Patty Considine in season two and then that's when things would kick off. So it doesn't look like they're doing that. Um, so, and I know that this, they said that this is the last, cause we went six years into the future in this episode. Yep. So they said this last is the last. Jump time jump. So, um, yeah, I I was just like, okay, we're we're doing yeah. it now. So, um, yeah,
1: yeah. So, uh, okay, let let let's let get it the done. dance begin and we'll we'll see how, you know, but at this point Allison and Rainier have made up. Obviously, they're going to be on opposite sides when the dance begins. So, I'm interested to see in the, the next two episodes what causes them to turn on each other. If it's just viziri 's death and now they're scrambling for someone to be named heir. Um, So we'll we'll see how it goes, but yeah. R.I.P. the yeah, series. I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, if anything, yeah. I, we, I, I think we know what causes the the rip between them. It, the the death is what is going to be the catalyst, and how Allison handles that. But um, but yeah, we we shall find out. Um. So thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. Please live tweet with us. Uh, It's 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We're on Twitter. We use the hashtag Dragons, y'all. And uh, we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.